Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg in downtown Laurel. We're glad you're with us around the Super Talk Network online, wherever you may be tuned in. Head baseball coach Scott Berry about to join us here in just a moment. First, want to remind you about Dickie's Barbecue. Justin and the gang, so great. Uh, to do business with. The food is so fresh and delicious. They serve it seven days a week. And the next time you have a taste for barbecue, we hope it's Dickies. Well, the Golden Eagles have finished the regular season of uh, Conference USA and non-conference play, ranked in all three major polls. Polls just out uh, within the last couple of hours. Baseball America has the Golden Eagles number 22 in the nation. D1 has the Golden Eagles number 19. The Coaches USA Today poll uh, keeps Southern Miss at number 17 in the country with an RPI as of a few minutes ago of 28. Uh, head baseball coach Scott Berry joins us. Uh, coach, a two-and-two two split with always tough Florida Atlantic. A lot of travel issues uh, involving uh, both getting there and, and I guess getting home. Uh, apparently a long weekend. I'm, guess you're, I'm guessing you're glad to be back in Hattiesburg today, Coach. Yeah, we really are. These the, the four game weekends are really tough on everybody, and especially when you're on the road at home. Obviously, you can get in your bed a lot sooner and get back with your family a lot sooner. But when you're on the road, you're at the mercy of whatever, either a bus or by plane. And of course, last night our flight wasn't until ten thirty out of Miami, and uh, got into. Yeah, got pulled into my house at two forty-five this morning. So mm-hmm. makes for a short night and a long weekend. Ten double headers this year, Coach. Uh, your ball team plays. You swept five and you split five. Uh, ten double headers, probably more double headers than you would want to play in the next ten years. Am I right about that? Well, you're right. I, you know, prior to this year, everything that we had to play in a doubleheader was weather-related. So uh, were a couple of these uh, doubleheaders that, that, that we had to play this year, they were as, as a result of weather-related. I think Northwestern State, we had to move to a doubleheader. And then uh, the series at La Tech, because Friday night was washed out, we had to move it to a doubleheader Saturday and Sunday. So, But, you know, we... Uh, you know, to, to win five or sweep five is uh, certainly, uh, to me, uh, a great thing because it, it is tough to go out and uh, beat that opponent two times. And we, you know, for the most part, we did we did pretty good with that this year. Uh, Coach, uh, a baseball team this year, and we'll get into the specifics of the weekend here in just a moment, but your baseball team, I'm told, is 75-80% freshmen and sophomores. Uh, you finished the regular season ranked in the top 20 of two major polls and 22nd in the third poll. And I know you don't pay a lot of attention to polls, but they do they do signal how the rest of the country uh, in the sports world views the baseball program. 
that's pretty good, Coach, for a team loaded with freshmen and sophomores to finish the year in the top 20. Well, it really is. And, you know, we're talking about this after a disappointing loss yesterday with with a lot on the line. You know, I, I know y'all have probably talked about it, but, you know, we could have won the West Division yesterday and, and been the number two seed in the conference tournament and uh, jockeyed our position for a better postseason uh, forecast uh, for us. But, you know, as a result, we uh, we didn't. But I have to really just kind of sit back and reflect on how this whole year has unwound. And I'll be honest, Bob, I'm, I'm very proud of our, our team. You know, we talked about the youth there early on. And uh, and, and then we kind of we started growing out of it. You know, mm-hmm. we, we continue to be the same age, but we started maturing. Uh, for our age, and I, and I thought you, you you really saw a team grow as this season continued to uh, to near its end where we finished yesterday, and and to still be recognized in those polls nationally when there's 300 Division One baseball programs out there that are playing. Uh, you know, certainly I feel like that that says a lot for this club. It says a lot for our program and the tradition that we have at Southern Miss. No question about it. Now, Luke, get in here with Coach Scott Berry. Coach, just want to ask about it and then flush it. But, uh, you know, the rain delay yesterday, uh, we're leading in control. Boyd was outstanding. We come out of the rain delay flat. They come out of the rain delay swinging. Uh, you know, thought we really could have get a couple more runs there with the bases loaded. Let's just deal with it. Have you comment on it and then flush it out of existence? Yeah, you know, uh, of course we we ended it with a uh, with bases loaded in a two out situation, and uh, and I believe it was a two zero count. And so the other guy that they had out there, uh, he he had struggled. Uh, of course, it was raining, so they brought the kid out of the pen that had closed it out for him on Friday night. And, uh, you know, we just we didn't compete in that situation to uh, to extend our lead, which was 5-1 to one at that time. Of course, it would have taken a two-out hit to do that. And uh, But, you know, they came out. We had to go to the pen. Uh, Drew, who had pitched phenomenal, I thought he did a great job, which he matched up really well with all their left-handed hitters uh, and really kind of just sprayed some hits around and, and it didn't allow them uh, but one run, and it was a solo home run. But, you know, he did. He, he scattered six hits over six innings and, and really kept them off bay. But, you know, they got uh, they they got in our bullpen. He was at 100 pitches, I think exactly 98 when the rain delay started. So uh, we had to go to our pen, and, and our guys just honestly just did not match up very good with them. And, uh, you know, we were looking at it today. In a matter of 18 pitches, there were six hits, and uh, I mean wow. it happened so quick. And you know, it's just one of those things where you just kind of pinch yourself and go, "Did that just really happen?" And and it really did. But I think that's that's really what Florida Atlantic is known for. I mean, they we knew they could hit. Uh, they're left-handed dominant, and with the wind blowing, uh, certainly it was a hitter's day. I hate that we we were at four to nothing. And then just kind of, you know, just kind of went silent offensively for those three innings and where we had really competed really well the two games prior and even up to that point. But I knew we were in trouble if we didn't continue to extend that lead because they are, they are a very explosive hitting ball club. We knew that they like to hit a lot of extra base hits and they could. 
and, and that's exactly what they did. I want to ask you another pitching question, and I'll probably just hold it for uh, for next segment, uh, just because it's okay. kind of an overall question. But, but, Coach, let's get to the positives. Talk about Reed Trimble. He goes hitless in the first game, and then goes 8 of 16 for the weekend, four home runs, Conference USA co-hitter of the week. Uh, he, he's a five-tool guy, and it's just really impressive. People look at him, and then they see how far he hits baseballs, and they just wonder, how is that possible? Well, he is. He's a tremendous talent, Luke. And and you're right. I really do believe he is a five-tool guy. He uh, there's there's not a whole lot that that he can't do. You know, I think the biggest thing with with Reed is he's just got to learn to control himself a little bit because he's the hardest person on himself. He thinks every time he gets up, he's supposed to get a hit. And uh, you know, if you if you understand the game of baseball, that's not going to happen. And so he's really hard on himself. Uh, and that can be a good thing, but that can also be a bad thing. And so I think he's going to learn with time to how to handle and manage that a little bit better. But, well, he is an exciting player, and he had a great weekend for us. Uh, out. I mean, one of the best weekends that I've seen. So uh, very fortunate to have that young man and, uh, in, in our program and, and just, you know, very, uh, very grateful that he is. Hey, no question about that, Coach. Montenegro pretty hot at the plate himself. He uh, he had a good weekend as well. He did. You know, Gabe uh, really got back charged in that leadoff spot for us and, and led, I think, three of the four games off with, with base hits. And, uh, you know, I think he's the guy that really sets the tone and makes us go. So very proud of, of the way that, you know, certainly he's come on. He's hitting 330. Now Trimble's hitting 323. So, you know those batting averages have certainly been uh, been been impact for us over this uh, over the course of this season, especially prior or I'm sorry, post you know Mississippi State game at, at Trust Mark. It seems like after that game, you know things started getting a little bit better for us. Just about 20 seconds left in this segment, Coach. Did were things handled correctly in regard to the rain yesterday? In regard to oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I was kind of wondering. It was starting to get that slick look on that, that field. Of course, the whole time, I'm like, if we're at Pete Taylor Park, we're not worried about this. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, if there's no mud. There's there's nothing that can impact the game other than just, you know, being able to throw strikes. And obviously, I think that's what uh, also the kid was having trouble uh, throwing strikes. And, and it led to our fifth run. I mean, Danny Lynch gets an all-important bases loaded two-out walk. To, to plate that that fifth run, but you know the dirt was starting to get very slick. So, absolutely, uh, they they made the right call and halted the game. All right, up next, postseason play starting with the Conference USA tournament in Ruston. We've got Coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour. We're going to talk CUSA tournament baseball when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Lots more Golden Eagle baseball on today's Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour. We look forward to every Monday when uh, Coach Berry gives us uh, so generous in giving us his time. Even when he gets home at 3 o'clock in the morning, 
Uh, he's on the Eagle Hour at 1 o'clock, and uh, we'll always be grateful to you for that, Coach Barry. All right, the uh, the regular season is in the bank. We've talked about that. Uh, you know, our, our team finishes in the top 25 of every major poll, and now we look forward to what is going to be, I believe, the toughest Conference USA baseball tournament since I've been following Southern Miss baseball. Four nationally ranked teams, and lo and behold, the Golden Eagles are in the same bracket with Louisiana Tech. But first up is Western Kentucky. And, uh, you know, Coach, I learned a lot of stuff from you about college baseball. And one of the things I've learned about tournament play is you got to win the first game. Winning the first game uh, makes a big, big difference. Uh, and so first up for the Golden Eagles will be a team that you handled during the regular season, but certainly you can't take for granted. Oh, no. You know, their guy that threw the uh, – I think he threw uh, Brown. I believe he threw game two in our series. Um, is really, really good, and he did not throw that good against us. The pitching coach says uh, – oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm totally off base. Uh, yeah, Western Kentucky is, is, is really good. I mean, they, uh, they can swing the bat. We saw that on that Sunday. And it's all important that we get off with a win there on on that on that opening day on Wednesday. It, it, I, the, the lack of sleep kind of caught me. No, no problem. Honest, no, no so. problem. The, but but that's correct, isn't it? I mean that the, the the whole angle of the tournament sort of changes if you don't win the first game. I just think it's the most important game in any in any tournament, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you've got to stay out of that dry or that, that losers bracket. You got to, you know, stay in that driver's seat in, in, the, in the win column because you know, if you get in that losers bracket, it's going to add games that you have to have to play to in order to to win that thing, uh, the, the whole championship. So, certainly, that Wednesday against Western Kentucky is going to be the most important uh, game that we play right now, and uh, and we need to come out and take care of business on that, knowing that. Uh, we had taken three out of four from them here, so we're familiar with them. They're familiar with us, and uh, so um, we'll, we'll match up with them on on that Wednesday. And, and you get the late game, which you've told us in the past you'd prefer not to play those late games. Seven thirty on the schedule, probably very unlikely it'll be played at seven thirty. Yeah, and that's why you always in that second bracket. Uh, bracket two that we're all in. I know that Coach Burris has uh, he's heard me talk about playing that earlier game. You know, everybody always thinks you play the late game to get the best crowd, but sometimes the best crowd doesn't provide the best rest and recovery for your team, and and that's what you're that's what you're looking for is the the opportunity to win. So uh, the four o'clock game, uh, which which has always really been proven to us, that's the one that I've always chosen to take. Uh, because of the higher seed, just because it does give it better rest, and it really hasn't influenced our crowd. I mean, they come out whether we play at four or seven thirty. Right, right. They come out if you played at eight o'clock in the morning, Coach Barry. <laughs> I think they would. Right. I All right. So would. Old Dominion will play Florida Atlantic. Charlotte will play Middle Tennessee. Louisiana Tech will play San Antonio, and Southern Miss will open against Western Kentucky. Luke, back in the conversation. I think we all agree, Coach. Nobody wants that Old Dominion FAU time at 9 a.m. I think we can all be in agreement on on that one uh, for for sure. All right, here, here's the question I held off for last last segment. So, and it, it kind of goes back to this weekend, and then kind of going forward. 
you know, when your starting pitching is so good, and over the course of a weekend, we've seen the last few weekends, we've only thrown maybe two or three relievers over the course of four games. Did that have any impact, you know, what we kind of saw the bullpen this weekend? And with the week off, how are we, you know, those guys, how do you prepare them mentally for basically everybody available at any time over the course of a conference tournament and regional play? Well, the first part of your question, you know, how did that affect them not getting the innings in? You know, that's always been uh, a concern for us and not having midweek games like, like we're used to where we can throw a bunch of guys and keep them sharp. The only thing we've been able to do and what we'll continue to do this week is give them some live work against our hitters. That will be the only option that we have going uh, forward into next Wednesday with basically 10 days off. Uh, but, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it kind of – I knew that going in yesterday um, that, you know, that was these guys hadn't had a whole lot of work. But the matchup just, you know, with with, with uh, Florida Atlantic, uh, you know, if you, if you didn't have a good secondary pitch, particularly a changeup uh, from the right side, well, I'll tell you what, you make a mistake, they were going to hit it. And that's exactly what they did. And so, you know, we didn't fare too well. Yesterday, obviously, coming out of the bullpen and, and doing what we've really done well all year. But to move forward and get ourselves ready for this conference tournament, uh, you know, there won't be any games this week against outside competition. We'd, we'd originally thought we might play Florida uh, International if they'd qualified to, for the tournament. Myself and Mervell, their head coach, back before the season started, had a gentleman's agreement to do that, just like La Tech and Old Dominion did before the season started. Old Dominion got with La Tech and said, hey, we're all open that last weekend. We need to come and play anyway. That'll give us an opportunity to kind of see your venue and play there. And so, you know, Lane jumped on that because he doesn't have to go anywhere and he's got two home games. So, you know, they scheduled that back before the season ever started, just like we'd had the gentleman's agreement. Ours just didn't work out. And then searching around the country to find somebody else, uh, either everybody is still playing their regular season uh, weekends or their conference only or they're in their tournament. And I think the only two leagues that doesn't have or have somebody that has a bye weekend is the Big West and the Pac, uh, Pac-12. And, you know, it's going to be hard to get anybody from there to come to Hattiesburg to play on on, on that last weekend. Coach, I wanted the, so uh, the we'll three do, RPI we'll Fairfield. Is, that, I, I wanted Fairfield to come in that, that last weekend, <laughs> but I totally get it. <laughs> well, we, uh, you know, what we'll have to do is it's probably Friday and Saturday is we'll have an inter-squad where – you know, Stanley and Powell hook up against one another. They both want to throw to live hitters, and then Drew and Etheridge will throw on Saturday, and then we'll just scrimmage and, and then build the relievers around that. So we're off today, and we're off tomorrow. We'll start back practicing on Wednesday, light practice Wednesday, Thursday, squad uh, Friday and Saturday, and then have probably a Sunday afternoon practice and Monday, and then leave for rest of Monday afternoon. Um, we, we talked about it a little in the break, first part of this this segment though. Going going in, when you look at the the bracket though, 
Good or bad, you know everybody you're going to play until the championship game. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? And the fact that you guys, the other than Tech, eight games, but uh, you know Western Kentucky, UTSA, everybody knows everybody crazy good, unlike really any other year before. Good or bad? Uh, you know, I really, I really don't have an opinion on that. In all honesty, I'm kind of, I'm just that person that whatever's put in front of me, I'm going to have to deal with it. Uh, you know, if I had if 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 I had my choice, I would I would build everything a lot different in my favor, uh, as would everybody else. So, you know, the mere fact that we're all um, common opponents, meaning that we know each other, I guess means that you're going to have to execute even more. Uh, you're going to you know you'll certainly be able to anticipate things that they had done before that. So. If there's adjustments that need to be made, then each each team's going to have to make those adjustments, given the situation, whoever the pitcher is, wherever the hitter is. So, it's uh, it it you know it's still a, a contest that you have to play regardless whether you're familiar with them or not, and uh, it's all about competing and going out there and finding a way to win the game. Coach, do you know anything? And this may not be your venue, but do you know anything about ticket availability for Southern Miss fans at the tournament? I don't, Bob. Yeah, I, I, real honestly, I haven't heard a thing. Yeah, that. we haven't either. Yeah. We haven't either. I'm sure that I'm sure that the, they could sell as many tickets to Golden Eagle fans as they're willing to do. But I would assume that uh, one one disadvantage is is we won't have to the degree we've had in the last few years that really loud and crazy crowd that we've had at all the Conference USA games. Yeah, you know, and I think Law Tech's venue is only like two, uh, 2,200 seats. So, and they are, the good thing is, is their, their state is 100% capacity, so they can sell them all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, you know, obviously at, at Biloxi, where it's been, that venue's much larger, can hold a lot more people and give people more opportunity to get tickets to, to, uh, to see whoever they want play. Right. All right, Coach, we sure appreciate your time. We know you're probably a little uh, weary-eyed after getting home at 2 o'clock in the morning. Congratulations on your team's regular season top 20 finish. We're really proud of that and uh, looking forward to a great postseason and uh, looking forward to speaking to you about it again next week. Well, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, Coach Scott Berry, everybody, who shows up, whether he's got sleep or not, whether he's won or not, says a lot about Coach Scott Berry. Golden Eagles in Western Kentucky. May 26th, scheduled at uh, 7.30 p.m. as your nationally ranked Eagles uh, go for their fifth consecutive Conference USA Championship, this time in Ruston, Louisiana. Miss to the top. Third segment brought to you by Fourth Street. Hey, they're on Fourth Street. Makes sense, doesn't it? In Hattiesburg, smothered roast beef with gravy, Texas toast, mashed potatoes. That's what you missed out today. Don't miss out on trivia in two days. Starts at 8 o'clock Wednesday night over at Fourth Street. 
we always appreciate their sponsorship and thankful they're on uh, with us with the Eagle Hour. Hey, great to have you along on a Monday. Yeah, so, Bob, I, I, I just wanted to ask Coach about it, and we always appreciate his time. W- wanted to deal with it. You, you can't – you just – I was not only the series left a bad taste in my mouth, but for the regular season to end like that yesterday, where Drew Boyd goes out and pitches probably the one of the best games that he's pitched all year. Boyd goes out there and gives you six innings of one run baseball, doesn't walk a batter, strikes out eight guys, and what really forces him from the game. He probably would have been on his way out. He was at a hundred pitches, you know, Drew's. You, if you get through six with him, uh, it's it's a it's a quality start for him. Had an absolutely quality start, and then the bullpen guys that have have pitched well. Um, the Wee Hunt, Guillantine, Ramsey, Tanner Hall came in and, and finally got the job done. But man, you felt so bad for Drew Boyd yesterday, Bob. We just came out of that that rain delay flat. FAU came out smoking, couple bunt hits, doubles, home runs, and. You look up and you're like, "Oh wow, they just they just did a, a six spot on us in the bottom of the seventh. And apart from Charlie Fisher, uh, Fisher's uh, solo shot in the ninth, it, it just felt really flat the rest of the game. It, it sort of reminded me uh, if you're watching a boxing match and uh, you know boxer A has dominated the fight for nine rounds and he comes out in the tenth round and he's kind of dancing around and he he feels like he's you know I've won this fight and the other guy just smashes him right in the face and just knocks him on his butt. That's sort of what happened to the Golden Eagles yesterday. And I tried to be positive today after seeing the polls. Obviously, the sports writers and coaches around the country uh, did not think Southern – in fact, I they didn't – I don't believe dropped a spot, maybe a spot in the uh, in the D1 poll, but held a 17 and uh, – uh, in the uh, coaches poll, so uh, overall, very good year, young team. The things we talked about, but I was dumbfounded yesterday, Luke. A five to one lead with the heralded pitching staff we've talked about all year. Maybe you give up a run or two, but uh, it, it was just ugly. And, and you have to hope that that doesn't carry over. I think it's a good thing in a sense that we don't play for a while would you agree i my my concern would be carryover if we were getting ready to turn around and play right now well it's a, kind of a double edged sword when you when you get out of a a game like that yesterday as a player guess what you want a game like that to be game 1 of a doubleheader cuz you can come back and you can just take care of it now you got to sit on it for about 10 days Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you got to sit on it till next Wednesday at seven thirty uh, or, or whatever time that game's going to start. And so it's unfortunate that I, I get the point about mental rest, physical rest. We need all that, but you know, you, you want to get that taste out of your mouth pretty, pretty uh, quick. And, and maybe because they got to suck on it a little longer, you know, and and have that taste in their mouth a little longer, then uh, oh man, it, 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 they will hopefully it will drive them, you know, next. Uh, next Wednesday to, to do that. But I think it's kind of this roller coaster. It's almost like a bipolar team. You know, Friday night, you, you look at what they did, um, came out and, and didn't really do anything. They, they got five hits. Stanley did not throw a bad game. Nine strikeouts, no walks. And as we kind of saw earlier in the year, Stanley gives up uh, eight hits. Two of those are home runs. And that's on, only the the runs that FAU gets are those 
one two-run shot and one, one solo shot. Strikes out nine, but the Eagles can't hit. So then Saturday, game one, Eagles come out, and they win six to one. And by the way, Walker Powell, magnificent. Uh, five hits, one run, seven strikeouts. Just for the record now, on the year, Powell is nine and two. <laughs> mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> with a two five six ERA, right. and then what do the Eagles do in Game Two, Bob? They they score fourteen runs, and then jump out, you know, to that that uh, five to nothing lead or five one lead, and then lay the egg at the end. So it was almost like they finished the way they started, and in between we saw some really really good baseball. Well, here looking forward, look here's the way I'm I'm seeing the tournament on paper, and you. You would have to feel good about this setup. I actually think, from the standpoint of the tournament, uh, Southern Miss came out better than Louisiana Tech. I think right now San Antonio is a pretty competitive baseball team. I don't think Western Kentucky is quite the team San Antonio is. But you come out and you've got Hunter Stanley to go against Western Kentucky. you got to feel pretty good about that. Then you have your big dog pitching the second game, and you assume that that would be against Louisiana Tech. So you really like the pitching matchups that you have in those two games, but you got to hope that those guys stay real deep into the game and you don't use up Ock or you know one of your frontline uh, relief pitchers. But what worries me a little bit in the third game is as great as as the freshman uh, pitcher has been, Etheridge. Uh, he, he sort of displays what you see with the team. Sometimes it's a little different yeah. than other performances. What happened to him this weekend, as an example? And can he carry the load that deep in the tournament, Luke? Well, he's going to have to. And you just, uh, again, he, he had a, a dominant outing, uh, a bad outing, a dominant outing, and then this past weekend, a, a bad outing. Um, Walker Powell, if if Southern, if the Eagles are able to get by and, and win Western Kentucky, Walker Powell's got some unfinished business because because Tech, Tech roughed him up. He only threw four and a third. I think it was like probably his shortest mm-hmm. outing of the year. They scored five runs off of him, and mm-hmm. uh, he only struck out three in that game. So you know he's he's back out to get it. But yeah, what I find interesting is Tech is going to turn around and they're going to play um, UTSA, who although Tech took three out of four this weekend. UTSA had an opportunity to win at least one more. It was in extra innings. Uh, they could have split that series. So, yeah, I, what I like about this bracket is that it's almost like you're going to have a West champion and an East champion playing each other. And, again, it could be anybody. But you feel like this is a really, when you get to the end of it, it's the best team from the East and the best team from the West that are that are going to play. Um, just, just to recap, because uh, we haven't mentioned this, Coach Barry hinted at it, but over the weekend, Charlotte split with Rice. That was pretty interesting on the road um, down in Houston. Old Dominion took three out of four from Western Kentucky. Marshall and UAB split. FIU took three of four from Middle Tennessee. Tech uh, took three of four from UTSA. And, of course, the Eagles split. So, what we've been talking about all year, Bob, the, the washout, rainout game at UTSA got us. Uh, because when you right, look at the right. final standings for, for Conference USA in the East, Charlotte not only wins the East, they win the regular season championship at 24 and 8. Old Dominion second in the East, 22 and 10. Florida Atlantic 18 and 14. Western Kentucky 15 and 17. Then FIU and Marshall at 11 and 19 and 6 and 26 don't make it out of, uh, out of the East. Interesting. Two of those Marshall wins were against, uh, Louisiana Tech. Uh, in the West, here it is. Tech finishes a, a half a game ahead of Southern Miss, 22 and 8. Eagles are at 22 and 9. 
UTSA 14 and 17, Middle Tennessee 12, 19 and 1, Rice 11, 20 and 1. So Rice misses uh, by a game and UAB 11 and 21. So the UTSA washout eventually at the end hurt the Eagles because yep. they lose the West because of it. Same thing happened a few years ago in a regular season championship. They lost to Florida Atlantic by half a game that they had lost because of weather. But what really matters is winning the tournament. That's really what matters. And Luke Johnson, what a tournament is this going to be? Let's look at the let's just look at baseball America for a minute. Louisiana Tech 15, Charlotte 16, Old Dominion 20, Southern Miss 22. Look at the coaches poll, which I like more. For obvious reasons. Louisiana Tech, 16. Southern Miss, 17. Charlotte, 19. Old Dominion, 25. And even in the D1 poll, you've got Tech at 14. USM at 19. Charlotte at 22. You, According to two of the three major polls, you, you've got four top 25 teams playing in the tournament. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, Luke. This is going to be something to watch. This will be maybe the best Conference USA baseball tournament from a competitive standpoint we've seen in, I don't know, what, five, six, seven, maybe longer years. Absolutely. And and the, the thing about it that's important is what we want to do is we want to see all four of those teams win their first-round games. You, you don't want to see one of those teams get eliminated. Yeah, it may make it easier on, on us or somebody else, but you know we've been talking about ODU and Charlotte all year. Let's play them. Let's play right. for for the conference championship. The, uh, the the RPI. What's interesting about the RPI because Charlotte lost two to Rice. Old Dominion is the highest. I'm looking at Warren Nolan right now. There's 16. Charlotte is 22. Tech is 24. Eagles at 28. Eagles really didn't get punished too much in the RPI. They actually moved up with the split because road uh, losses don't hurt you as much. And D1, ODU at 16, Charlotte at 22, Tech at 24, Southern Miss at 28. Same there. So, yeah, you've got four top 30 teams going in. And, uh, you know, we're about to hit a commercial break. We'll kind of chat a little bit about regional implications for the Eagles. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the polls look good. Like, like you said, Bob, it, it is a young team. They won 10 series throughout the season. Right. It's a it's a quality accomplishment, even if we got a bad taste in our mouth on Monday morning. Right. Tomorrow on the show, batty coach Nick Armadi, he's going to join us. We're also going to introduce you to a new client, Walt Massey Auto Group. We're happy to do that. And uh, Coach Armadi going to talk to us about baseball camp, Southern Miss hitting. And uh, when Luke and I come back, we'll take a sneak peek at what could be in store for the Golden Eagles regionally when the NCAAs get underway. Hang on, more Eagle Hour coming up. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment brought to you by D-Bat. D1 Training. Located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Fantastic facilities. Great instruction. Take your kid, their friends, their team. Maybe you go in there. I will demonstrate to you how to run a 40 with their brand-new laser equipment. I will not do it, but I will show you how to do it. But, yeah, coaches, uh, baseball, basketball, especially football, they have the ability to time guys in the 40. Baseball, you can time in the 60. They've got all the the laser equipment. You can take your team down there and, and do it. Great facilities, DBAT, D1. They're on board with the Eagle Hour. Get on board with them. 
Appreciate their sponsorship of the show. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios. As we close it out on this Monday, a couple news and notes. Going to have John Stewart, track and field coach, on later in the week. Golden Eagles uh, were part of the Conference USA Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Women finished fifth, men finished seventh. Corville Todd, Eric Richards, second and third place in the high jump. The women 4x100 and men's 4x400 finished second and third. But senior Octavia Cato, she took home the gold. The senior from St. Louis, Missouri, in her last meet as a Golden Eagle, wins the women's 100-meter dash. The fastest woman in Conference USA is a Golden Eagle. So congratulations to her. And we'll have Coach Stewart on later uh, this week, hopefully, to uh, to recap the entire season for us. Mentioned this to Coach Barry, or with Coach Barry earlier, Reed Trimble named the Conference USA Co-Hitter of the Week. He finished the weekend at, at FAU batting 500. Now, he went 0 for 3 in the first game. So over the, the course of the next um, three games, he went 8 for 13. Hit four home runs. He had seven RBIs just yesterday. Trimble, of course, the freshman from Northwest Rankin High School. And, Bob, we talked about this. You say, how is can this be? Well, he's a COVID freshman, but he turns 21 before June the 15th, which means he could possibly be drafted. Oh. I don't like to think of that, but... Anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, we've but talked en- about enjoy this it before, while you can. But leave these kids alone. I mean, you know, these kids, they, <clears throat> they're lured out, and, uh, you know, their chances <clears throat> of making uh, Major League Baseball, as we've talked about, pretty slim. Uh, let, you know, let them, let them get to their sophomore, junior year in college and, and just leave them alone. That would be what I would hope, but they don't care what we'll I We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, real, real quick. Um, so this is the Eagles now, I would say, just objectively speaking, are a very, very, very long shot to, to host now. Simply very being, you felt like they had to sweep or they had to, to win three out of four. But here's the situation. You got to tip your hat to the Ole Miss Rebels. They lose, uh, one Never. of their, one of their best pitchers. Never. Well, just slightly <laughs> blink your eyes in their direction. Vanderbilt, top five team in the country. Ole Miss without one of their their studs, and Ole Miss takes two out of three. Nikhazy outdueled uh, Kumar Rocker on on Friday night, and the uh, the uh, the Rebels win two out of three. Bob, t- to me now, Ole Miss, uh, if they win the series at Georgia, I feel like with that performance this weekend, that they are now probably a what seventy seventy five percent lock to host the regional, which means. That even if the Eagles were to win the Conference USA Championship, that there's just probably no way in the world with how Ole Miss did this weekend that the Eagles would be able to, to get back in the regional hunt. So you got to feel like maybe they're, you know, 18th, 19th, or 20th now in, in that list of 20 sites. About where they are in the polls, you know, to be honest with you, about where they are in the polls. And of course, Ole Miss plays in the almighty SEC. So, uh, that's a huge edge right there. You know, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt right there. Uh, it, it looks uh, sadly like uh, the regionals will be in Oxford and Starkville, even though Mississippi State uh, lost a series this weekend to the last place team, the last place team in the SEC, and lost the third game convincingly. 
they're a lock for a regional, and I think Ole Miss locked it up. I think they locked it up. I don't. I don't think it matters what they do in Georgia, Luke. I think they locked it up when they won the series against Vandy. So Eagles uh, now, if they were to go undefeated in the tournament, one, two, three, four. So if they went undefeated, they would be four and zero, and that would get them to thirty nine and seventeen. If they were to lose one and then win, they would basically get. I think five wins, maybe six. So if they lost one, they could get to 40. Um, who knows? And, and what, what happens if Charlotte gets put out? Because, you know, Charlotte just dropped two to a sub-200 team. The Eagles didn't do that against Rice. You know, it's, it's Charlotte now. Is their, is their host or bid in um, in jeopardy? I, I just think what happens is Conference USA will, will probably get two host sites, we would think, unless Charlotte drops out and, and the Eagles don't do well in the tournament. But it could be the simple fact that even if Southern Miss wins the tournament, Charlotte still gets the host because of geography. Yeah, I don't think they'll geography. Go, I, yeah, they're not. Geography. Gonna, they're not going to put three regional tournaments in the same small state of Mississippi. I think. I think we all know that. All right, just got to keep winning. Got to win the Conference USA tournament. Win it. Uh, the league championship for the fifth consecutive year. That's the opportunity that lies in front of this young Golden Eagle baseball team. And in my my judgment, that's the priority that uh, we should all be focused on. We'll have uh, Coach Nick Armati. We'll see what he says about it tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. Michael McDonald from Walt Massey Automotive Group as well. Luke and I with you all week. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.